You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. And welcome into the Kingdom Rewind here on Arrowhead Live. I'm Roman Metcalf. I'm joined by Sean Dixon. Sean, how you doing? Doing pretty good, Roman. How's it going? It's going good. I'm I'm glad that the Chiefs are two and zero, and I'm glad we got Superman at a at the kicker position. I don't know if you saw the picture on social media, but people are saying he looks like Clark Kent, and he uh, he definitely <laughs> was a superhero on uh, Sunday. He he's a, he's a clean cut dude. Like he's not, you know, there's no scruffle on him. He looks like he looks like he just came out of a GQ magazine, you know. So uh, he's definitely a. Uh, He's, he's, uh, and I don't care what I don't care if he looks like a homeless dude. Just keep booming fifty-eight yard field goals because I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take that all day. He, uh, it was, it was, it was definitely, definitely great. It, kind of a rough game to watch, but, but the fact that we've got guys like Harrison Bucker to, to pull us out of it, got you know, and 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 if Pat can just put those, you know, few, few, you know, crazy plays out there. Because he didn't have he didn't have a spotless game, but he made a couple of plays that were that were what we needed. And then obviously Bucker sealed the deal. Uh, I'll I'll, t- I'll take it however we get it, as long as it gets the W. Yeah, I, I will one hundred percent agree with you there. I, I uh, first there he wasn't definitely was not looking like that uh, hundred fifteen million dollar quarterback that they signed him to, or however big that contract was. But uh, I think that he. Finally put it together. Now, can't always blame it on, you know, Pat. The offensive line played uh, pretty pretty poor. Their their play needed to be uh, yeah, adjusted quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, real quick, and real quick, since, I mean, this is a history show. I mean, the last time that we played the Chargers close was in 2018, I believe it was, and we lost by uh, two points, a point, something like that. It was 18 mm-hmm. to 16. The final score was. They actually tied it, tied it up um, in, in like a last second touchdown, and then did, mm-hmm. they decided to go for two. And you know who was on? You know who's on? Supposed to be on the coverage of that? It was supposed to be Orlando Skandrick and I believe Steve Nelson as well. Yes, so, garbage, both of them. <laughs> two former. That that was the I believe it was uh, Mike Williams possibly that scored that. And his assignment was uh, Orlando Skandrick was supposed to be. That was his assignment to stop that. He just uh, opened up the gates and let him have it. But you know, uh, looking back now, I, it, it's a, it was a scary game. I uh, I hope the Chiefs, like we talked before the show, I hope the Chiefs were just have just been uh, playing some, going out there and playing football and not scheming these teams. And I, I really hope that they come and open up a can of. Of a uh, whoop ass on these Ravens because it's it's definitely did not look good last week, so they need to figure it out. But well, with- there there were definitely some things to be concerned about, and and if I could if I could kind of segue it into into our show, we've we've actually been gone uh, a few weeks. We took a break there for the off season. We had a little audio difficulty last last week, um, so but we're back now, and we we're we're ready to ready to give you guys. You know, a little bit, a little bit of history with a little mixed in of what today is, and you know, we talked about some struggling times that that happened uh, last week. But uh, you know, the, we were bailed out by our kicker. You know, Harrison Bucker was the hero of that game, and uh, for 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 seasoned Chief fans like myself, uh, we remember a time when 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 the, when the kicker was the last person that was going to bail us out. And uh, so, you know, with with this episode, we wanted to kind of compare, you know, one. Like today's kicker, where we're at with Harrison Bucker, and 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 how excited we are, and how we think he's you know just the golden leg, to back in 1995 when we had Lynn Elliott, who was anything but, and uh, you know, Lynn Elliott kind of, you know, he was brought in from Dallas, and you know he he was a Super Bowl champion, he he won won two Super Bowls with Dallas, you know, back to back Super Bowls, and then the Chiefs brought him in, they thought maybe we can get some of that Super Bowl luck to rub off. And uh, it wasn't the case. He uh, 
he uh, wasn't, you know, when you look at like things like field goal percentage, he, he, his last year with Dallas, he, he hit 50% of his field goals. So, you know, he didn't have as many, I think he only had, you know, six or something like that <laughs> field goals, but still it's 50%. That's not, that's not something you want to bring to your club. And, and uh, so his first year in 94 with Kansas city, he, he hit 83%, which is a lot better, but it isn't what we have today. And so, you know, but he stayed on with the club and uh, you know, he was, he was 80% in 95, but which was, which, which is, I guess you could say good enough, but he didn't hit any field goals over 50 yards. So if you're hitting 80% of your field goals and you're not hitting anything over, over 50, shouldn't you have, you should have a lot higher percentage. I would think, you know, it's, 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 you know, uh, it's a lot shorter distance. You should be, you should be, you know, these are, these are the considered the chip shot field goals and he was only 80% on those. So, but, but nobody really remembers Lynn Elliott for these type of stats, these type of season long field goal percentages. They remember one thing. They remember the 1995 divisional playoff game against the Colts. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, that game was 11 degrees. It was, in, I think, a wind chill of like minus 15. It was one of the coldest days at Arrowhead Stadium. And, uh, you know, the, the, the field's icy. And there's all these, there's all these reasons and, and of, of what would make it really hard to kick field goals. But you're also you're also a professional football player. You're supposed to deal with these type of situations. And he had already missed field goals from 35 and 39 yards out before he was brought in to, you know, to tie the game from 42 yards away is, you know, I think there was 42 seconds left or something like that. So, you know, the chiefs marched down the field, they get within field goal range. In fact, they had a, they had a, they had a chance to actually, you know, win the game. It was 10 to seven at the time. They had a chance to win the game, but Lake Dawson dropped a, uh, wide receiver Lake Dawson dropped the pass in the end zone. Um, I was, I was, I think I was like, you know, fifth grade <laughs> during this game. I remember watching it with my, uh, my grandmother and, uh, you know, I, she yelled at me cause I sweared <laughs> after the game, but, uh, you know, it, 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 so he, he comes in and, and to kick this game tying field, goal. when the game winning field goal, this would have brought it to overtime. So who knows really what would have happened, but he shakes it. And I remember he hit he hit the first one like wide left, the second one was like wide right, and then this one was like wide left again. Because I remember making the joke that he was one of each. He has to he's due for down the middle, and no, he wasn't. <laughs> so so he misses the field goal. The Chiefs the Chiefs lose ten to seven, and 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 you know we had three opportunities in that game to tie that game up, or or you know if if he makes a couple of them, we we can win that game, and it's it's. And these weren't big kicks. These were 35, 39, and 42. These are things that we see Harrison Bucker. These are things that we see guys like guys like uh, like Adam Vinatieri back in the day and uh, Tucker for the Ravens, who we're going to see, you know, in a few days. Uh, we see them make these field goals, you know, in their sleep. They're chip shots to them. And we didn't make one. Or Lynn Elliott didn't make one. And, uh, but... You know he, he he does take the blame for a lot of this, and 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 if you look at all like the websites and stuff, and they talk about like like hated players for the Chiefs, Lynn Elliott's usually at the top of that list, um, and and it's it's like they always talk about like a curse that he brought to Arrowhead Stadium, and and he's blamed for why we spent so many years and decades not winning playoff games at Arrowhead Stadium. They thought it was like a Lynn El- the Lynn Elliott curse, but. You know, people don't realize that, you know, Steve Bono was the quarterback in that game and he threw three interceptions and he was actually benched for Rich Gannon. Uh, Rich Gannon comes in in the fourth quarter and marches down that field to get us into field goal range. He's the one who threw that ball to Lake Dawson in the end zone and Lake Dawson dropped it. So real quick, look, after watching that Lynn Elliott kick, I mean, that was, it's not like he just completely shanked it. It looked like he was the snap, the whole the snap and the hold was good, but it looked like the wind or some sort kind of came in and it just blew uh, it blew to the right. Like that was, you know, it looked kind of, it looked kind of like the weather too had a part of that as well. I don't know if it was windy that game, but it looked like it was kind of line drive down the middle and then it just took a, a big turn to the right or the left. Right. So I feel like maybe 
there was some wind there as well. And maybe they should have lined it up on the uh, left hash. So he could have kicked it a little bit farther to the right. So with that wind, it would have curved into the, into the upright instead of just going to the left. And see now he missing as many field goals as he did. Yeah, that's, that's not acceptable, but I feel like that last kick, you can't really blame him for that one because it looked like the wind carried that one. Well, he actually, he actually does an interview. He did an interview with the Kansas City Star uh, last year. Uh, I think, I think it was uh, uh, January of 2019. He did this interview and, and he said that, uh, that he had to change his whole technique in that game because this is before the, you know, now Arrowhead Stadium, the grass underneath the field is heated. So it keeps the field from freezing over. This is before that. That that field was basically concrete, and it was slick. And he said he had to instead of like going like a full stride and and running up on the ball and swinging all the way through, he had to like tiptoe and sneak up uh, on it and kick it. So he changed his whole technique because of this game, which I understand that. And and, and believe me, there's no way that I could kick a field goal in perfect temperature, let alone, let alone on, a, on an icy field in a playoff game, uh, you know, in the final seconds. So I, I, I get it. And, and, and he, and he doesn't, in that interview, he doesn't say, he, he said, you know, there's different excuses and reasons. And, and I agree. I think, I think, I think it, it was just at that moment you've, you, you you were thirteen and three. The Chiefs, you know, Chiefs defense led by Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, you know, all the, the goats of you know Chiefs past. <laughs> you know, they were they were amazing, and they and they held the Colts to to they held Jim Harbaugh and the Colts to ten points, and he he uh, he had an interception in the game, and he wasn't sharp. I think I think if I remember right, the 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 stat line for I believe yeah Harbaugh had one hundred and twelve yards passing. And uh, one TD, one pick, you know, he was, he wasn't, that, those aren't good numbers. Those are Matt Castle numbers. And, and, you know, Bono, Bono had three picks, but he still, he had a TD. So it was, it was just a sloppy offensive performance from everybody. And the defenses were keeping them in there. And, and, but that was the story of the Chiefs in the nineties in general. The offense was never really amazing. It was the defense always kept them in there. But if you're, right. if that's the type of football you're going to play, you have to have a great kicker. You have to have a guy that, because your offense is only going to do so much, and you have to get every point that you possibly can. And so to have a guy who, who, you know, had the numbers that Lynn Elliott had, uh, you know, for his, I mean, for, for, for his two years in Dallas, he had a field goal percentage of 66.7. Now it was brought down by that 93 year where he only had like, I think he had four, four field goals. But he only had 75 in a full season in 90 in 92. And so to me, it it doesn't it doesn't seem like that was a you knew that was gonna be the style of play you were gonna have in this game, especially with the temperature the way it is. You you shouldn't be banking on a guy with a 75% field goal percentage. Um, you know, when you knew that you weren't you were gonna need every point in you're supposed to have. And and that was that was Marty Schottenheimer football. It was it was smash mouth defense, run the ball, and it was, it was Marty Ball is what it was. But but in the early nineties, we had a guy named Nick Nick Lowry who was just as good as Harrison Bucker and and can make can make all sorts of kicks and was pretty automatic and and it worked. Uh, still still had the same playoff luck. But but he never missed three field goals in a game, and uh, so de- definitely you know it was it was uh, it, it was a tough game to watch. It was it, it it makes me thankful for what we have today, and you know looking back on that, this is like that podcast we did several weeks ago where we we reviewed the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. We could talk about this stuff now. Because we've won a Super Bowl, <laughs> we can we can we can talk about how uh, how bad it used to be because it's a lot better now, and and it's a lot better now. A lot of the reason because of Harrison Bucker. Yeah, and, and you know, speaking off that, I mean, he Harrison Bucker has tied the Chiefs franchise record for most field goals made in a single season. He has thirty eight that dates back to twenty seventeen, and it's funny because. In uh, October 
Sunday, October 2nd against the Redskins, he converted a 43-yard field goal to beat the Washington Redskins. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, we're looking at, like, last year, uh, he, we played the Vikings at Arrowhead, and he pulled through for us. So there have been times, I feel like, you know, looking back now, Len Elliott did have the offense, more of the offense that we have now where you don't need the kicker to come out that often. You don't see Harrison Bucker coming out that often to kick a field goal or, you know, punt it away or what have you because we have a high-powered, high-scoring offense that will – that'll attack you through the air or we can even smash mouth you through the ground game because we have some decent running backs that can plow you over. But, you know, looking, looking at his stats, I mean, you brought up, you talked about some of uh, Lynn Elliott's horrible stat, stat line. <laughs> uh, so he's in, need I remind anybody, you and anybody else that's listening or will be listening we got Harrison Bucker from the Carolina Panthers practice squad. Yep. The practice squad of the Carolina Panthers. And yes. so he comes for us and he's played in 47 games. He, he averages um, probably five field goals a game or five attempts a game. His He's attempted 112 since being in a Chiefs uniform. He's attempted 112 field goals, and he's made 101 of those. So that that is a ninth percent uh, ratio. Um, if you want to look at it in percentage, that is a 90 percent ratio of what how many field goals he's made. So he's a 90 percent kicker. With uh, he's attempted five extra points, and he's only missed one of those. Um, the extra so field goals he's ninety percent and in the extra points uh, he's one forty two for he's made one hundred and forty two out of one hundred and fifty so he's a pre, he's a pretty spot on kicker well I think I think with, with extra points it gets the extra points are hard because those a lot of those get blocked much like we saw Sunday his first extra point got blocked so and that's see, not really that's, on him. Well, since you bring that up, that was kind of a crap call between the refs, and I don't know where that refing crew came from. They must have pulled those, those guys from the streets on their way to the. <laughs> it, was, it was ugly. Yeah. Those dudes couldn't tell their head from their rear end. Um, but you know, he he did. That wasn't. I wouldn't say that's that's on the Chiefs or even on. Uh, God, I'm I'm drawing up on our long snapper. Uh, Winchester. Winchester. James Winchester. Yeah. That wasn't on him. That was, I, I believe that it looked kind of like an illegal touch by the, the the Chargers defense, but that's neither here nor there. But it was also after a penalty, so they had to back it up. Yeah, that's true. So he was, he's also tied for fourth in Chiefs history for field goals made from 50-plus yards, and the only other kicker to do it is – the current Chicago Bear kicker, Cairo Santos, who had seven. Former chief. Yeah. yeah. And so, I think, I, from the looks of it, he's not doing too well in Chicago either. You know, and, and it's crazy because, like, when we talk about Harrison Bucker, I remember, first of all, shout out to Brett Beach for finding Harrison Bucker. Like, I just feel like he keeps, he keeps finding this talent that we have – that that the fans are like, oh, who's this guy? And then he ends up becoming a stud. Harrison Bucker is a prime example. He came from Georgia Tech. Yeah, so that's that's not even like a Power Five school. I would <laughs> argue they're not a Power Five school. And he, but again, he's a kicker. So like, uh, you can I feel like you can take your chances with kickers and punters a lot more than you can with like these skill positions. Right. Well, I mean, the, think about this way though. You know. When you talk about kickers and punters, we drafted Dustin Colquitt. He was a third round pick in Tennessee. Like, like that's big, a big SEC school. We used a high draft pick on him, and so and Brett Feech can come in, take somebody else's trash and make it gold. <laughs> and not that Harrison Bucker was trash, but you know he was he was available. If if you're on someone's practice squad, you're available. 
And I think the practice, I think the practice squad rules have, have changed a little bit to where that might not not have been an option today. But you know, it was it was it was still a great find for uh, for Brett Veach. And he, like, but before this, I mean, because we brought him in in 2017, he's his longest field goal was 53. In 2018, his he bumped that up by a yard to 54. And in 2019, he bumped that up by two, going 56. And this year, he made a he made three in a row 58 yard field goals. Like it looked <laughs> at it, like it just looked like. And it's it, I, I don't know if you saw his post game interview, but he was he said that he just got angrier after each. So like that's that's kind of scary. Is like he he was holding something in to obviously. I mean, let's do that every game because and he could he could have hit those from sixty five. I mean, he those weren't just like barely field goals. He was he booted those right through the uprights. It, it looked like a kickoff, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like and that's maybe how he. I can't speak for Harrison Butker because I'm not Harrison Butker, but I feel like maybe he treats those a little bit like kickoffs, though, because uh, between the power and how far he puts it, like it, it, you got to pretty much treat that like a. Those field goals like the kickoff, right? Well, I mean, and it's just like to to bring it back to Lynn Elliott because it is a history show. And we want to we want to talk about Chiefs of seasons past, but but you know he has a Harrison Bucker has eleven field goals made, not attempted, made. He's made eleven field goals from fifty plus yards. Lynn Elliott didn't even attempt one for for the Chiefs. His time in Kansas City, he didn't attempt a single 50-plus yard field goal on a team that didn't move the ball nowhere near as well as as our team does, or as as this this year's Chiefs does. He 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 was three for four in 92 with Dallas from 50. So that's so 75 percent. That's not bad uh, from there. But then he never even attempted another one in his career. So so to me. Not only do you have a guy in Harrison Bucker who was ninety percent, like you said, that's a that's a that's a high B, low A in school, <laughs> and he, he so he's accurate, but he's booted eleven, he's made eleven field goals from past fifty yards, and and he did he did two of them that didn't count Sunday, <laughs> so I mean obviously obviously the the you know, and this is this wasn't so much to do a difference of. We all know that Harrison Bucker was better than Lynn Elliott, but kind of beg- makes you wonder if, if Harrison Bucker is, isn't the greatest kicker the Chiefs have ever had. Well, I mean, even maybe even the greatest kicker in the NFL. Like, I don't – his how far has Justin Tucker kicked a field goal? Is it 65, or am I way off? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have that number. I know he has – I know he has the 60 uh, – a 60-plus one in there. Uh, before he he may he may have tied the record at sixty three, I don't I don't know if that record's been broke or not. I you know doing a kicking show we probably should have had those stats up, but but that's a we're we're not doing a Ravens podcast. We, we screw the Ravens, but <laughs> but uh, you know he 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 is he's probably if you look at like right now who is the the best kicker right now in the league it's it's Justin Tucker and. Uh, so- Real quick, I'll go ahead and throw this in here. So it was Matt Prater, who has former Bronco, who has the longest field goal of 64 yards. Okay. He, he accomplished that in the first half of the game against the Jets in uh, December, 8, uh, December 8th of 2013. Okay. Well, Bucker could have hit from 64 easy because <laughs> he, 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 cleared, he cleared the uprights pretty – Pretty easily uh, uh, in all three of those kicks, even though one of them only counted. <laughs> and that, that's the thing is that so that fifty-eight yarder it tied a franchise record. He didn't just do that once; he did it twice that counted, and four times total. <laughs> so I think actually I think I think I think the the first one or, or not the first one, but the the of the three that he kicked there in overtime. I, or, or, yeah, in overtime, the, the first one was 53 yards because then there was the penalty that backed him up to 58. But then he kicked that one. They called a timeout. And then he kicked it again after he had made a 58-yard earlier in the game. The guy's a stud. 
I'm surprised. Yeah, he, I'm surprised he didn't get a PED test today. Sure. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't see. Yeah, no, if that ends to, up happening and something comes up, I'm gonna feel horrible. <laughs> well, you don't. You, I, I feel like you don't. That only happened if he uh, did like the Par- Carolina Panthers kicker did to the Falcons returner and just completely upended him. <laughs> yeah. But well, uh, with the way our linebackers play, we could have used it. <laughs> Um, you know, and I, I, I know that our linebackers are getting a lot of hate, uh, stuff, but again, if, if you're a true Chiefs fan and true to the core Chiefs fan, you got to remember we're in only week two of the season and, and we, they haven't, there was no preseason. There was no normal, really normal in quotation, quotation marks, normal, of what we usually see in an NFL season. So it's week two. Like, you got to cut these guys some slack. And if you're a down-to-earth, like, diehard Chiefs fan, you'll see, yes, the linebackers may not be playing that well, but we're only in week two, and they haven't seen any competition out of themselves up to this point, um, or up to the leading up to that last Thursday night game against the Texans. So you got to be a little lenient here because we're only in week two. Well, there, uh, so, so there's two trains of thought you can have, because because we're gonna we're gonna discuss you know Monday's game here in a bit, but we've got the Ravens coming up, and we've seen what they can do on the ground. I mean they have they have Lamar Jackson who who you know runs it more than he throws, and they've got all these other weapons in the backfield. They're gonna run the ball. So so if 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 you saw Sunday's game. There's probably a little bit of fear on that that they're not going to be able to handle that very well. But the other thought of that is, is if and it's kind of the thought I have, is that maybe Andy Reid hasn't really unleashed things in the first two weeks. He's kept things pretty close to the vest, mostly on offense. But I think maybe there's some of that on defense too that they're not showing the looks that they're that they're preparing for big teams like Baltimore because they probably went into the Chargers thinking that they could play a vanilla game like they did against the Texans and beat the Chargers. I think the Chargers had different plans and it got real, it got real dicey there towards the end. But uh, I don't think they are giving the full playbook yet. And I think, I think we're going to see, we're going to, we're going to see, I'm hoping we see a little different chiefs team come into to Monday night's game against the Ravens. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I hope we do too. I, I hope it's not down to the wire again, like we saw. <laughs> I can't take I it. Hope it's not, I, I hope. I don't think my heart can take another <laughs> game death because uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. It was that was really stressful. But Harrison Butker was able to, you know, come through for us, and he he really, it really showed a lot for him to do something like that because you usually see. Especially those first two that counted, it was like, after each one, it was like, oh, no, we're backing up. He's not going to make it. Like, he made that one, but is he going to make this next one? And he nailed it, and then he nailed the next one. And it was like, oh, here we go. Like, it, it was kind of scary. And then yeah. as soon as it was up and it was down the middle, I was like, I, I thought, obviously they're playing in a dome, but I was like, uh, it's going to go off one of the either sides. It's, it's good. <laughs> But it was straight down, clear cut the middle, and it was a beauty. And yeah. I, I'm really thankful that we have Harrison Butker, who, like I like we like I mentioned, we got him from Panthers practice squad. He came from a practice squad, be a Super Bowl champion, and kick a uh, game winner. And, and so, and, that, and that's the thing is that like you know you you start measuring these guys. On, on what they've done, well, Super Bowl winner is a big measurement, and and I know he didn't kick, he didn't kick a game winning field goal in the Super Bowl, but but he kicked he kicked game winners last year, and he was a big he was a big part of a lot of victories uh, last year. So so that you know that ring's just as ju- he's just important to that ring as the rest of the team. And if we run it if we run it back this year, he'll be obviously he'll be he'll be a big factor in it. He already is. Yeah, he's yes, he's been more than even Lynn Elliott and some of these other guys that we've had. Yeah, he's. I think Lynn Elliott for sure. 
Well, for sure. Yeah. So I, for, uh, for me, obviously I'm only 20 years old, so I've, I've seen very few Chiefs kickers, but the ones that I have seen have been Dustin Colquitt, um, uh, what's his name? Cairo Santos and now Harrison Butker. So uh, you mean Ryan Suckup? Yes, Ryan Suckup. Thank yes. you. Not Colquitt. Now, I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that, those those guys were all good in their own right. Like every time, every time we, when we moved on from Suckup, I was upset because I thought Suckup was a good kicker, especially when he ended up beating us in uh, in Tennessee a couple years back. <laughs> but uh, when when we moved on from Santos, because uh, Santos got hurt, that's why we, Santos. That wasn't the thing. We weren't looking for a kicker when we got Harrison Bucker. Cairo Santos got hurt, and we needed a kicker, and so we got Harrison Bucker. And then Harrison Bucker in his first game hits the game winning field goal, and that was kind of the end of the road for Cairo Santos. But it was just kind of dumb luck on 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 Santos's part that he ended up, you know, because if he would have stayed healthy. He could still be our kicker today, or who who knows what who knows what the future would be if Santos was still our kicker. I don't think he's booting three fifty-eight yard field goals. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, I, and, and to mint to go off that since it's a history show. Yeah, I mean, we don't have Butker, and that doesn't happen. We're probably looking at a rewrite of history, especially on Sunday. We we more than likely have to go for that. Yeah. Um, that on fourth down and that was i feel like it was a long fourth down too yeah no i mean it was uh it was it was definitely a dicey game and 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 without without bucker it would have been a different result um but we got you know we got another tough one monday and uh it's 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 round three of of lamar versus pat and and you know we're we're two and oh against them so far pat's pat's done his work but uh but this this one will be definitely a tough one. How, how do you, how do you see it going down? Uh, you know, so I just I I don't like, and I try to veer away from the word hate, but I hate the Ravens. I hate Lamar Jackson. I hate all the, all the hype that they're getting. In my opinion, they're not that good. They are really not that good. And when they try to compare when these uh, professional and this for NFL network and ESPN and all these other shows try to compare the chiefs and the Ravens or Mahomes and Jackson. It's like, you guys really like, they really don't know what they're talking about. They sound stupid, especially when they say, when you have the people, the likes of uh, good old uh, skip Bayless. Oh yeah. Who, uh, contract. Up for a new contract this year. We'll see if he gets it. <laughs> yeah. You know, who, you know, likes Lamar Jackson, and I don't think he's very fond of Mahomes. I think, but... I think he just hates Patrick Mahomes. I think he does. I think, I think, I think once, once, once the talk came in of Mahomes being the new face of the league and Tom Brady was no longer that guy, I think that really got to Bayless because he is a giant homer for Tom Brady. <laughs> Like he loves the Cowboys, and he thinks that you know Dak. I mean that that's his guy. That that that's his team's quarterback, and he thinks that Dak should be making that money. But the thing is, is I don't. The, you asked me how it was going to go down. The first, I believe, the first game we played them was super close, and the second game we played them was decently close. They we kind of took took it. To, I so. Those two games that we've played against them have been at Arrowhead, have been in front of a huge crowd, loud crowd. We're going to Baltimore this next upcoming Monday, or this upcoming Monday. So, you know, we haven't played them in Baltimore in hot territory, and I don't know if they're allowing fans um, at Baltimore's stadium. But, you I don't know, think they are. I think I don't think they're one of the teams that are allowing them in. But they'll have that annoying piped-in noise that the Chargers had, and that was – yeah. Oh, that's just really I, annoying. Honestly, <laughs> looking back, I feel like that was another reason the Chiefs didn't play very well is because they had home fans. They had a game. They had a home game. They had fans there. They don't. There wasn't. There wasn't any fans there in that last game, so they didn't really have that advantage, you know. Right. I mean, and usually if char- the Chargers, I mean, they're playing. I mean, they're used to playing with no fans, so that wasn't a problem. <laughs> 
Well, so, I think that's what the I think that's what the issue was. Is that was the loudest the Charger Stadium has ever been yeah. <laughs> with the there fake crowd noise. They're used to playing with fans, and that was probably the loudest. Yeah, like you said, the loudest their stadium has ever been. So I feel like that was kind of had something to do with it as well for, for the Chiefs. You know, not having fans, they're having their fan base travel. Well, one thing, one another thing on that, and, and this is a little little serious. I know we we're kind of joking about the them having no fans in general, but. Uh, when when they do usually go to LA to play the Chargers, there's a lot of Chiefs fans in the stands, and it almost feels like it's fifty fifty when we play the road games for the Chargers. That there was not none of that. The only cheering happens during you know the Chargers drives. Uh, you know it's 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 it could have played a factor. I'm not, I don't know if it necessarily did, but but it's definitely. To, and, for the Chiefs to go to any game and not have any cheering for them, that seems like unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, and, and to look at it that way, I, I as the game went on against the Chargers, that's what I really thought. I was like, you know, maybe it does have something to do with the fans a little bit because they're they don't have. And I, I somebody posted something. It was either here at Arrowhead Lot somewhere else, but they said, Did, "Don't the Chiefs just look flat? They don't look as happy. They didn't look as here as hyped up." And I, that could very well be something to do with not having fans there. Like, they had fans when they played against the Texans at home. So, and they looked pretty hyped up, and they were, you know, they were the normal Chiefs. That wasn't a normal Chiefs team. So, I, I, I really, really do think not having fans is going to base have a different outcome on a lot of these games this year. So, back to your question is, I think – it's going to be a pretty close game. Like, we've never played them in Baltimore. Um, so I, I can't really say if, we're, if we'd be able to – how how much of a cakewalk this game would be because they're not – first of all, they may not have fans there. And, we again, like I said, we never played them there. But I, I think it's going to be a really, really close game. And as much as I hate saying that, and I don't – because I don't like – the Ravens and I don't like all the hype that they get. They don't deserve that hype. Like they mm-hmm. really don't. They they choked in the playoffs. They don't have they you know they they don't have that ring. So they don't deserve all that hype like they're getting. And right. you know people, I know that a lot. I've heard a lot about it too. Oh, that's uh, fine. Uh, we'll just wait and see. But look, like. I just and this is how it goes. Is I don't want the Chiefs to lose to this Ravens team, just for the fact for people to be like, ah, yep, look, see, the Chiefs can't hold, can't hang with the Ravens. The Ravens are a better team. When in reality, we're the better team. They just beat us. We have a two and O. We're two and O against them when Lamar Jackson's at quarterback. So like, you know, he's not that special. He obviously he can't beat us. Right. Well. And, 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 you know, the last time they played them, the, the, the score was pretty close. I think I can't remember exactly. I think we lost by, like, five. Or, or I mean, they lost by five. The Ravens did. <clears throat> but if you if you watch that game, it was, like, 30 to 13 going into the fourth quarter. So we had the game pretty much in hand. We had a sloppy fourth quarter to let them kind of get back into it. But but they were really never in, in the game. It was – it was the, the, the game was not as close as the score made it out to be. So – but then, you know, what, what did we hear all season? We heard from Ravens fans, oh, well, that was a different Raven team. That was, that you know, the, this Raven team come playoff time is going to be different. And then they then they choke. And that's what I don't want. I don't want the Chiefs to go in there and win. And then I and then we have to hear, oh, well, that's a different Raven team. <laughs> it'll be the same story as last year. The deal is, is if you want to say that you're the better team, then you have to win it on Sunday. And they can't do that. They can't do that. And, you know, they had all this hype to meet them in the playoffs, and they couldn't get past the first round to even meet the Chiefs in the playoffs. So there really is nothing to stand on. They have they have a guy who had a good regular season. I'm in the, I'm in the camp that both players can be good. Lamar and Pat can be good. I think Lamar is a better – or I think, I think Pat is a better quarterback. Uh, I think Lamar is a better athlete. And um, just as far as like you know, physical attributes, speed, stuff like that, he's he's got more of that. He does. I think as far as a leader and a game changer, I think I think it's Pat. And uh, even though I both think I both think they're game changers, I think I think the Ravens will win, you know, 
12, 13, 14 games, somewhere in there. They'll have they'll have a great season. They'll probably be the one seed, or, or they'll probably they'll probably win their division. They'll be fighting for the one seed with Kansas City. Um, but at the end of the day, it's we we've seen it from Pat. We haven't seen it from Lamar. So you can't tell me that Lamar is a better quarterback or that the Ravens are a better team when we haven't seen it. Especially if the Chiefs go into Baltimore and win it. I have it as a close game as well. I have it. I think I have the score at 38-34 Chiefs. There's no way I could ever pick the Chiefs to lose, especially to a team that they haven't lost before. So, so I have the Chiefs winning, and I think Andy Reid's going to open that playbook. I think you're going to see a lot of different things. I think you're going to see guys like McCole Hardman get more involved. I think you're going to see uh, Pat go go the length of the field. I don't think you'll have you'll see the offensive line mishaps that we had against the Chargers because. Even though the Ravens are a good defense, I don't think they they don't have the pass rushers quite like the Chargers do. They they have good pass rushers, but it's not it's not the caliber that the Chargers have. Bosa and Ingram may be the two best pass rushers in the league right now. And well, uh, definitely, as much as I hate to say this, I I think they they might be if not the best, they're up there the best rush in the AFC West. And I know that we just got we talked about the Chris Jones and his contract, and, and we got Frank Clark his contract, but you know like they looked pretty good. I I mean they looked decent last game. They looked all right, but you know they, they could have played a lot better. Obviously Frank Clark didn't play the yeah, second. He had the illness come up. Um, I thought Jones I thought Jones played played a subpar game. I mean I I, I don't. I don't want to come out here and, and, and bash these guys because I'm nowhere near the athlete of these guys. But just from what we've seen from Chris Jones last year and even against Houston, what we saw Sunday was not the Chris Jones we're used to seeing. And, and you know, the defense as a whole, like, the, you know, and that's, that's why I don't really get, I mean, you know, I think the linebackers struggled and I think they'll struggle Monday. <laughs> I think, I think this is even tougher than for the linebackers Monday. But I thought the linebackers struggled last year too. Like I, I'm, I'm not like I wasn't expecting them to just all of a sudden be this juggernaut, you know, section of the defense. Our defense relies on, you know, we've been playing good secondary play against the pass with with uh, I know Ward's out, but and and maybe he maybe he can come back this week. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what the timetable is on his on hit on his absence, but. But, you know, with, with Matthew back there and stuff, we, we've got good secondary play. And with Frank Clark and Chris Jones, we've got D-line play that can get to the pass, uh, get to the passer. And that's what this defense lives on. If you're relying on your linebackers to, to get the job done, then the two, the two staples of your defense aren't getting the job done. Yeah, and like I, like I told you before the show started, the, it really starts, in my opinion – Especially on defense, and I was a, I played linebacker in high school. I, but I, in my personal opinion, I really feel like all all of it starts up front with defensive line because, you know, they're the ones that got to disrupt. They're the ones that are their first contact that can play, and the linebackers are just the cleanup crew. I mean, really, they are unless somebody gets past the defensive line, and then now it falls on the linebackers, and then the corners of the safeties are that cleanup crew. So it just kind of goes back one, depending on what level you're at on defense. So, you know, when we're not having that defense play and you're relying on your linebackers to come out all game, like, you know, that's at some point they're going to get exposed. It's just, that's just how that's going to be. And so it's, it's I'm the not, weak spot of the defense is the linebackers. Yeah. So you shouldn't have them, you know, being being the ones that have to make the play. You know, I'm ne- I'll never I'll never hold Ben Neiman to the same standard that I hold Chris Jones, but they both missed several tackles Sunday. So, you know, it's it, it's 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 kind of one of these things where where well, that's kind of what you got in Ben Neiman. Well, while we just gave Chris Jones a huge contract, you know, I don't want to see him missing any tackles. He's going to miss tackles obviously, but you don't want to see it. You don't want to see it when you know what his salary looks like. <laughs> well, and like there was one play where the Chargers were driving, I believe it was before halftime, and he completely whiffed Austin Eckler. Like yeah. he had Austin backfield, and he completely whiffed, and he just kind of like slow motion turned around. I felt like, like 
he should have immediately turned around and gone after him, but he did. And that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff I noticed from that game is like, even I wasn't even really concerned about the linebackers because they were going to be there and they were going to come in at some point and make the play or, or make, make a tackle or what, what have you. But watching that D line, like it was, and some of the effort that I felt like was given in that game was poor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was an effort thing. I, I see where you're coming from. It looks like it looked like an effort thing. I I doubt there was any there was any you know not giving it their all. I just think their all was kind of bad. <laughs> and and, uh, and and you know I feel like it wouldn't be because if, if they wouldn't have ended the season on such a high note the way they did last year. Then, then to have some setback, which they should have setback. We didn't have a preseason. The the offseason programs were very minimal. Uh, there should be a setback, and that's and that's what I think people are having a hard time grasping is that they want this to be the same defense that we saw in February, you know, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. It's not. It's not. They've got they've got some work to do. They got to get back to it. It should take less work than any other team because they brought everybody back. But it, it shouldn't take until week 11 when you're playing the Chargers down in Mexico City to right. figure it out. Like, it, it should be – I feel like it, they need to really come into their own in the next – in the next – this game or the next week because it, if not, it be a long season. But It, it needs it, to be better this game. It needs to be, or, or, or it'll be a long game. And see, Ty – like, after the first game, Tyron Matthew, he said that he was very – for lack of a better term, he was very angry at the way the defense played, and they need to get better. So, you know, I, I expect guys like that to really step up and tear into that defense and be like, listen, like, this is not how this is going to go down. Like, we're, we're Super Bowl champs. We have – we're returning pretty much everybody. There are some injuries here and there, but you're the next guy. Step up. Like, it's next guy up. Like, you have to. Yeah, and but- – no, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, to before before you know you you close out the show or whatever. I just uh, I will say that the defense did only they played five quarters and they let twenty points. This offense is set up to where if the other team scores twenty points, we should win every game. And then we did win. It's it's not like we should we shouldn't be talking about this like we lost the game. We did win, but you know it, it should be thirty eight to twenty or something like that. So I will say that the the offense has to open things up too as well, especially next week against Baltimore because 23 points won't beat Baltimore. And, uh, you know, they, they – I'm, I'm really hoping, I'm leaning on it, I, not, to, not, to, not from, to add a shameless plug, but I wrote an article for Arrowhead Live last week about how I felt like the offense would play vanilla the first two weeks and really open things up against Baltimore because, because they could because they knew that he'd get by that way and that way they're not they're not showing all their cards early on and when you know Baltimore when they go to Baltimore they you know they'll have some things that they haven't seen before. I'm really holding on to that, but I that thought kinda kinda diminished a little bit last week because we almost lost that thing. Yeah, and I mean Yeah, but before I close out, I will say this and I've kind of gone off your article and kind of after, uh, as we've been talking and stuff throughout the, throughout the week, I, I do agree on, you know, I feel like that the Chiefs have been playing a very, maybe a very kind of, you know, vanilla, uh, very tasteless game plan. They're, they're going to have to add some flavor to it if they want to be the right. Yeah. This might be the week where, you know, Andy Reid has really, you know, kind of kept that playbook closed so we can open it up against the Ravens and really take it to them. Because we, we had the Texans and we had the Chargers. Those are two teams that we always beat. Now, we did fall to them in 2018, and we did fall to the Texans in the regular season last year. But ever since then, like, those are the teams that we always, always beat. Look at the – before that, look at the playoff games. Those are that. Those are two teams that we always beat. So I think maybe we were a little we undervalued or underappreciated how good the Chargers were, or they were going to be, 
And honestly, I felt like that was their Super Bowl. That they were playing their first game in their new stadium. They were, you know, I, there were many factors I felt like that went into that game. And the Chargers, that was their Super Bowl, or that was their AFC Championship. You know that because they're playing the Super Bowl champions. They're opening up against them and opening up against them in their new stadium. So they want a statement and a point that. They're not going to let the Chiefs or anybody, especially the Chiefs, run all over them at home. I thought that's how their defense played, definitely. They played like it was their Super Bowl. I think, you know, the, the offense, they had that. They, they had some last-minute adjustments, obviously, with Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. But, uh, but you know, and, and Herbert Herbert made some rookie mistakes. He had a pretty pretty good game overall, but he, he was a rookie and he showed it. Uh, but that defense, that defense played like it was their Super Bowl. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see how how the Chiefs Chiefs play against this Ravens offense. I or the Chiefs offense play against this Ravens defense. But uh, overall, I I don't know. I I won't lie. I am kind of scared, mm-hmm. but I, I try to remain keep that brave face and confidence in the team because. They they haven't the Ravens haven't won and I don't think they ever will really beat the Chiefs. That's just my opinion. So we'll see. They're saying I know that Mark Ingram came out and said it's a different team, but we'll see if it's a different team for they real. They say that every time they lose to the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, for Sean Dixon, I'm Roman Metcalf here on the Kingdom Rewind. We'll see you next week. To the Chiefs' kingdom. You guys are world champions once again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Go Chiefs!